How's it going, audio listener? This is Christian Camargo with another episode of Haunted Behind Design. And in case of you guys have been wondering, I haven't been uploading episodes frequently in the last few weeks. is because I've been busy doing some freelance projects and been busy doing some passion projects on the side and just kind of figuring out some stuff and finding new work as well. So... I do have a couple guests lined up on who I want to interview and we'll definitely be giving you guys more content because it's been a while, but I've also tried to figure out, you know, if I'm not able to find a guest on the show, because the show really focuses on interviewing guests from or interviewing people from this industry, um, I basically figured out like I could do something on my own. Where I could do a shorter episode and give advice as far as like networking, freelance work, how to go about getting better at your craft, as far as like how I go about getting better my skills as a sound designer, a musician, and just my overall perspective on that. So definitely we'll be getting more content ready for you guys in the next few weeks. And please enjoy this episode and have a good one, guys. I have Christy Schuyler with me on this episode of the podcast, and it's been quite a while since I've recorded a podcast, been busy doing some other projects, but reached out to Christy and she was willing to do the show with me. So how's it going, Christy? It's going well. I'm excited to be on. Thanks so much for the invite. Very cool. Very cool. So pretty much I found Christy on Twitch, obviously, because she's a content creator on Twitch. Um, She does a lot of variety stuff like ASMR stuff, some game stuff and some cooking stuff. Um, But basically on your Twitter bio, it says you do a lot of things, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess we can start out with the first question. And the first question being... What got you in becoming a Twitch content creator and how did that all start for you? Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, my my Twitter bio says I kind of do a lot of things. Um, I act, I model, I'm obviously a Twitch content creator. So I kind of have my fingers in a lot of different pies. Um, I started my journey on Twitch uh, several years ago. Uh, I think it was like 2018 or 2019 when I first started. Um, essentially I had a friend that did Twitch streaming and through kind of a series of events, I ended up live streaming with her while we were at a hair convention and, um, I just had a really great time. Her community loved me. She invited me to come back and hang out with her on her Twitch stream. Um, and her community just welcomed me with open arms and we're kind of making jokes along the lines of like, 
like, boo down with Ange, go Christy, like, give her the whole channel. And so uh, they kept trying to encourage me to start my own channel. I ended up going to PAX East, met a bunch of wonderful streamers, wonderful people. They encouraged me to start my own channel. Um, and then several months later, I eventually decided to, you know, bite the bullet and, and do the thing. During the pandemic, I took a break. I was going through some really tumultuous stuff. I was in a very abusive marriage, and I thankfully got out of that, and I am doing so much better now. So I, you know, kind of started back to my content creation journey actually about a year ago. Um, two days ago would have been an exact year since I started back on Twitch and started doing this really as kind of my main full-time thing. So I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. On Wednesdays, I start streaming at 11 a.m. Eastern. Tuesdays and Thursdays, like you mentioned, I do just chatting. I do art. I do gaming. Um, lots of variety content there. And then Wednesdays are, you know, kind of my chill day. Um, I do ASMR on those days. So I, I guess what kind of got me into content creating on Twitch was just meeting so many wonderful, amazing people and um, just really getting excited about the opportunity to create my own community of people that uh, could help support me. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I was in a very abusive situation and my, my confidence and uh, self-worth, I guess, were kind of at like an all-time low. And when I was going through a lot of uh, difficult things during the pandemic, like at the start of the pandemic in 2020, uh, people from the internet that I had never met before were there for me in a really big way and were very supportive, you know, checking in on me, making sure that I was eating food, you know, <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that. So um, I, it just, I'm really, really proud of the community that I've created and I think that that was the biggest thing that drew me to Twitch was the ability to create just this wonderful, loving, cozy, chaotic community, um, you know, my cozy, chaotic cookie crew. And I, I call my community the cookie jar. And, and the play on that is that all of my community members are cookies because they're so dang sweet. So they just make my life sweeter. And I'm, I'm really thankful for all of them. Yeah, that's that's a good thing because like I from all the people I've interviewed on this show, they've always talked about how 2020 was the biggest turning point for them. Mm -hmm. And it really forced everybody to kind of kind of double down on, you know, OK, we just got to do something and like yes. hopefully it goes somewhere. Mm -hmm. So everyone just kind of started streaming. Everyone just kind of got into like, you know, their actual passion that they're interested in and. I don't know if it's because the fact like 2020 was so weird with like jobs and people like being furloughed and all that, but mm -hmm. it really turned like the entertainment industry into a whole nother level where you can work from home and like upload stuff and like record stuff and people can find your stuff so easily now on the internet and it just made it easier for people to get well known and I don't know, it just, everyone was at home. So the only thing they can do is like stream and watch stuff online. <laughs> Right, exactly. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I do acting and obviously, you know, during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, there was no acting that was actually going on. So, you know, while I could do voice acting things and submit for those, it was I was kind of limited in my scope outside of that. And even like doing modeling shoots was way limited too because you know, there was so much stringency for different sets and shooting and things like that. So, 
now that things have kind of calmed down, I've actually gotten, I actually flew back out to LA and I did some photo shoots last month, which was really awesome. And just, it felt good to like be back in the swing of things and be like, ah, yeah, I'm like doing my passion in so many different ways, like not just with modeling and voice acting, but also with Twitch and my community there. Right. Like, was there like a, I guess, any other inspirations that got you into like ASMR and like voice acting? Yeah. So with the ASMR side of things, I, like I was saying, you know, during 2020, I was going through that really, really hard time. And um, one of my friends that I had met when I was out in LA, Riley Roses, um, she's an ASMR artist on Twitch. And she she actually does variety streaming, but she's heavy on ASMR. And I had never been into ASMR at all. I have a friend named Jen who was really into ASMR. And she's like, Christy, look at these videos. And, and she's sending me like TikToks of slime pulls and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is weird. I, <laughs> that wasn't a trigger for me. So I just thought this is, this is kind of like kooky. You know, it's like when people watch uh, like children's toy opening things on YouTube, like, okay, there's something for everyone, but it's not for me. Right. <laughs> right. And so that's just because what, what I kind of thought about it. Um, but of course I was watching Riley to help support her doing her streams and she did an ASMR stream one night and, uh, she rated another streamer who's, uh, one of my favorite ASMR artists. Her name is Pure Pofi on Twitch, P-U-R-E-P-O-F-I. And she does a lot of, uh, sound baths and sound healing and at that time, because I had so much stress and anxiety and depression, it was something that was really, truly healing for me, the sound therapy and the sound healing. And I got really into it. You know, she had singing bowls and rain sticks and all of these other really cool instruments. And I thought, like, this is really awesome. And I saw the way that it helped me, you know, when there were weeks on end when I wouldn't be able to fall asleep, I could turn on her stream and it would just help put me at peace and I'd be able to finally fall asleep. And I just, like I mentioned earlier with cultivating a community, I wanted to have a place where I could build this really positive community. And ASMR just seemed like a great way to alleviate the anxiety and the stress of the people in my community. I mentioned to you um, before the call that before the podcast started that uh, I'm neurodivergent and a lot of people in my community are neurodivergent as well. And I think that that's something that ASMR has like a really uh, hard hitting time with people that are neurodivergent. I think that something about the way that our brains are wired differently, it, it has a bigger impact, I feel like. And so um, it, it's been a really cool way to find new people um, and have them become a part of my community and have them enjoy my content. And I have people in my community that have said, like, I don't like ASMR. I've never liked ASMR. And then they watch my ASMR streams and they're like, oh, I guess I like ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ASMR has been like, I didn't really know about it until a couple of my friends mentioned it. And I was like, what's AM or ASMR? And they just kind of show like, you know, they were like whispering on the mic and like doing these like trigger, like tapping on, you know, keyboards and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I can understand some people might find that like, oh, that's not for me. Right. But mm -hmm. there's just something about it. just is relaxing, 
you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that there are the the kind of thought is like, oh, that specific thing isn't for me. But the thing with ASMR is um, just with neurodivergence, it's a spectrum. There's not just one way to do ASMR. And I think that's a really cool thing about Twitch and the ASMR community on Twitch is that there's so many different, really wonderful ASMR artists that are out there doing different things. Like J-Rob the Human, he does wonderful live layered music and um, ASMR. And it's so great. He'll he'll create sounds and then he'll loop them. And it just brings such peace. You know, Ruby True, she's the uh, Twitch ambassador that's an ASMR artist. She does a lot of sound baths. In fact, I was listening to her stream right before we linked up today. So there are so many really, really wonderful ASMR artists out there. And I would say for anybody listening that's like, I don't like ASMR, maybe you just haven't found the right ASMR for you. Yeah, like... I saw a great ASMR channel that like reads books or like they mm-hmm. do like comic book reading stuff. Yeah. Like soft like, spoken reading is so fun. Like, I mean, who, who, when they were a kid, didn't have a parent that would, you know, sit down with them or, or an older person that would sit down with them and read them a bedtime story. Right. That's like right. something that's, there's something soothing about that. And that connection, I think that there are, you know, other ASMR artists out there that focus more on visual triggers, which again, not for everyone, but there can be they can be really impactful. And I think that once someone finds the ASMR that's right for them, it's like it unlocks this whole new world that you're like, oh, this is like a way that I can relax and maybe focus and um, really elevate your day. And the good thing about it is it's so like auditory, like. You can listen to it when you're like driving, you can listen to it when you're asleep or like cooking, whereas mm-hmm. like something visual, like, or even reading a book, for example, like you kind of need to be fully, you know, concentrate on that. You can't really multitask, like read a book and drive at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I listen to ASMR while I'm cleaning my house. Like <laughs> I listen to it all the time. So would you say like being on Twitch was that like a viable option you know to try and make it like kind of like a part-time or like a full-time thing to like make as a career or do you see it as like kind of like a side thing for most people when they start i think that um twitch is like any other entertainment career right it's like acting with acting only there's like the top echelon of A-list, A-list actors that everybody knows. Um, but there are still people that make their living doing acting, doing, you know, commercials or doing voiceovers for things. So just because you're not like the A-list person doesn't mean that you can't make a living at it. But to that end, like like with acting, there are so many people that try it and fail and try it and aren't able to make success for themselves and aren't able to really understand what works and what doesn't work. And honestly, a lot of people are not cut out for streaming. There is a lot of work that has to go into it. It's not just the stream when you're live. It's everything else behind the scenes too. There's the marketing that comes along with it. And I say this as a person who has two degrees in marketing. You know, there's so much behind the scenes in order to promote your stream, get it in front of the right eyes, and, 
you know, you could have the best content in the world, but if you're not connecting with the people that resonate with that content, then you might not ever have that moment where you blow up or go viral or, you know, become a ninja or whatever. Right. That's the biggest thing I've seen, not just with Twitch, but YouTube content creators too, is like, they think, okay, I record this video, I upload it, and then it just assume that the video takes off and becomes viral. But it's like, there's just so much work that goes like behind the scenes, like the marketing aspect, like SEO for search engine optimization, like mm-hmm. how to promote your stuff on Twitter and all these social media outlets, you know? So it's, there's a lot of work that goes behind it. It's not just like, oh, you just play video games or like record, you know, ASMR, like anyone can do that. But there's just so much work that goes behind it. Like you have to yeah. be consistent. Your schedule has to be, you know, people want to obviously follow you and watch your stuff. So if you're not consistent with that, I mean, the results can kind of, I guess, bite you in the butt, you know, if you're not yeah. consistent with it. Well, and you have to have thick skin too, because, you know, just like anywhere else on the internet, the beauty of the internet uh, is that you can meet anyone in the world, right? And and that's also the negative thing about the internet is that you can meet <laughs> anyone in the world. And so the people that are, you know, garbage bottom of the barrel might come into your stream and harass you or throw slurs at you or insults. Um, and you have to really be able to respond uh, in the way that you feel is appropriate for you and your channel and your community. Um, And then it's like, how do you deal with that and continue to entertain and continue to build your community in the way that you want it to be built? Yeah. Do you have any advice on getting started on Twitch for those like wanting to dive into it? Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see. I would say the first thing is like, do not. Do not just jump into Twitch like headlong and say like, this is what I'm going to do for my career. Unless you have a significant amount of savings that you're willing to completely drain, you're probably not going to be making a lot of money on Twitch um, as a streamer starting out or even a year down the line, maybe even several years down the line. You know, a lot of people have a hard time knowing where to start when they get started on Twitch. Thankfully, there are really wonderful um, websites that are out there now that have everything for you in one place. Um, My roommate, Loco, when she first started out eight years ago on Twitch, everything was kind of piecemeal. Um, You know, she had to go on Reddit to try and find or read threads here or go over here and do all sorts of Googling. And you don't even know if that information that's out there is really reliable. Um, And so because of that, she actually started her own company, Streamer Square, which provides free educational resources for people. Um, And thankfully now they have an educational platform called SolarStream. So solarstream.gg. You can go on there and there's over 30 different courses that you can unlock that will help you to figure out everything from streaming from, okay, how do I get started? What kind of equipment do I need to marketing? Like how do you market your brand? And, you know, even everything all the way to taxes. How do you do your taxes when you're a streamer or a content creator? 
Oh, the taxes is a big one for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So I would definitely say like my biggest piece of advice for anyone getting started on Twitch would be go to solarstream.gg, S-O-L-A-R-S-T-R-E-A-M.gg and go sign up for their courses. They have like a year-long membership. You can do that. You can even use code Christy at checkout if you want 10% off. Um, Not an ad. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, those things, having really solid advice, she's worked with over 50 different content creators in the space to put together these courses that are just really, really solid advice for people that are just getting started or people that have been in the industry for a while, but want to figure out how to level up their stream and really take it to, you know, the next echelon. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of great resources out there. And I was going to ask, like, what does the Christy Schuyler like ritual look like for marketing your stuff? Oh, that's a great question. I actually um, just hosted a uh, workshop last week um, in partnership with Stream Elements on marketing and networking in the Twitch space. And there's so many different pieces that go into it. Um, obviously, with Twitch, you can't just be on Twitch and cross your fingers and hope and pray that the right people are going to find your content because they won't. Um, You have to utilize everything that's at your disposable. You have to use your Twitter. You have to use your um, Instagram. You have to use TikTok. You have to use all of these different pieces. It's almost like a house, right? You can have a floor. That's your stream. But if you have a floor and you have nothing else, then you're pretty much not going to go anywhere. You need those walls. You need that roof. You need everything working in concert together. Um, and and you can have slightly different voices, right? But you want it to feel the same all the way around. I think a place where a lot of people get stuck is they're like, oh, well, Anybody can watch my content. Anybody can like my content. And while that's true, you have to think about who is your content for? You know, for me, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a cozy, chaotic content creator. When I say those things, that gives you a pretty clear picture of what you can expect on my stream. You know, when you come in, you're going to be welcomed with a lot of positivity. I do a lot of talk singing. So <laughs> um, people can expect that. I've been told it's like PBS, but for adults. Um, you know, those things, there's a very specific feel to my community. And while anyone could watch my stream, people that are more neurodivergent typically tend to gravitate towards my stream because they find a place where they feel like they belong. And honestly, that's what I want for everyone is to find a place where you don't feel like you're just a rock, right? You're a gem. Mm -hmm. Maybe everyone your whole life has told you you're just a rock, but (laughs) if you get, if you get cut the right way, you're, you're a gem and the light's going to shine through. Yeah, that's that's a big thing to hit on is everyone needs to kind of find like their niche and like their identity for like what they're doing. Exactly. I mean, it's like what what is your branding, right? I mean, and I think people get caught up in, oh, I need to have like the best graphics or the best this or the best that or I need to have all this really expensive equipment. 
That's not necessarily true. I mean, the first thing is audio is king. You know, if mm-hmm. if your audio is not good, somebody comes into your channel and they can't hear you, they can't understand you, they're leaving. You know, first thing is audio. Second thing is your camera being crisp, clear. You're not dropping frames. You need to have internet that's going to be able to support your streaming bandwidth. Um And then you need to make sure that you don't just have a bunch of dead air. You need to keep the conversation moving even when you're just starting out and there's only one person in chat or there's no one in chat. You have to think about if someone came in at any point in time, what am I going to be saying that's going to hook them in, that's going to make them want to hang out and stick with me? So for my marketing strategy, you know, I use all my social media in concert with one another. I post... um, you know, selfies when I'm going live on Twitter, I include the link so that it's easy for people to click. I let people know when I'm streaming, um, like during my stream, hey, I just posted my going live tweet, go interact with it to help boost it in the algorithm. There are definitely different things that you can do to help market those pieces. Um, And then doing a lot of networking in the Twitter sphere. Um, You know, Twitter is the number one social media platform I would say for streamers right now because that's where you're able to connect not only with other streamers but with the brands that you want to work with. Just because you're not, you know, you don't have hundreds of thousands of people watching your stream doesn't mean that you're not a valuable marketing asset for companies that are out there. I've gotten some really great brand deals in the past because they see that I'm able to convert viewers to users of their product or their service or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, like Twitter. Yeah, I, I find Twitter just so easy to reach out to, you know, brand like companies and just people that you really firmly believe in, like the stuff they make. But I was just, well, you kind of already answered the sixth question, but what would you say is like a realistic mindset to have when doing Twitch as like a dream, like career path? Well, I think knowing that the likelihood that you're going to absolutely blow up and become a household name like Ninja is, is very, very low. You know, it's (laughs) just like it would be if you were going out there to be the next pop star, right? You might have a wonderful, fantastic voice and it might be really beautiful and people might love listening to you, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be that top person. So I think one, having that realistic mindset and and two, also just being excited. I mean, if you're not having fun with what you're doing, nobody else is going to be having fun. So building in time, you know, as a creator to not just stream, but to be able to put um, your content out there on other marketing platforms and other ways uh, is important. Like we said earlier, you can't just stream for five hours one day and then hope, you know, the next day a million people are going to see it. It's just not going to happen. You have to be actively doing things either daily or weekly to help increase your traffic. I mean, TikTok is a wonderful avenue for creators to repurpose their content. You know, you take a clip from your Twitch stream and you set it up to be in the format for TikTok. You caption it, you post it on there. The TikTok algorithm is going to show that content to the right people. 
And that's a really great way to get more eyes on your stream as well. Yeah, especially for those, like, when their content focuses on, like, visuals and, like, video stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I was, like, trying to start out with, like, Facebook back in the day when, like, Facebook was still, like, kind of, like, an ongoing thing for content creators. But then mm-hmm. I kind of realized, like, oh, uh, the business aspect or the business, like, monetization on Facebook is not that great. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anything that has, like, great you know, search engine, like traffic, like, you know, Instagram and like TikTok. I think Instagram is kind of like slowly not being as good as it used to be. TikTok (laughs) is definitely probably the new alternative now. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about, well, the good and the bad thing about what Instagram is doing is if you're, if you're putting stuff out on TikTok, you can just take that exact same clip and post it on Instagram as an Instagram reel. And right now with the way that the algorithm is set up as of, you know, May 2nd, 2022, is that that's going to be prioritized in the feed. So if you've already done the work for TikTok, might as well just move it on over to your Instagram reel. Right. One piece of work for, you know, double the effort or (laughs) one piece of effort for double, whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Also, like with you doing like the ASMR stuff and like, you know, the cooking stuff and like everything like artsy, like. Do you kind of find yourself like, I guess one day, even though you're saying like, oh, I want to do ASMR today or today I'm going to do gaming. Do you sometimes have to flip a switch, even though like sometimes you may not feel like doing that specific content for that day? Mm, that's a good question. I would say in in some respects, not so much with ASMR. With ASMR, it's more of I want to find more ways to make it novel and to make it different and not just do the same type of ASMR every single time. So like last week, I did a 90s themed ASMR and all of my triggers were different 90s toys that I was tapping on or, you know, 90s pieces of clothing that I was scratching. I was dressed up like I was a wannabe Spice Girl. Like, (laughs) you know, that was kind of my shtick for that week, so to speak. Um, But I, I would say Having a plan for your content for the week is really helpful. I mean, that goes back into the mindset that we were talking about earlier. If you have like three days a week that you stream like I do, you know, I would recommend anyone that's starting out in streaming, get yourself a schedule, like pick a schedule and stick to it as much as you can because it's like TV, right? If you know that your show is on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. and Thursdays at 2 p.m., then you can work your schedule around it. But if your favorite streamer goes live whenever they feel like it, you might not be able to catch them. You might not be able to move your schedule around to fit that. So having the schedule is really important. Um, I lost where I was going with that, but yeah. (laughs) no for sure like definitely schedules are like it's interesting conversation because like i don't know i hear like some people like oh i don't want to make it you know legalistic for myself but at Mm -hmm. the same time you have to kind of give yourself like in a way for game developers especially like they'll have like so much time to finish a product or their game but if they don't have like a release date then they'll just never finish it 
Right. It's like giving yourself a deadline. Oh, yeah. Going back to what you were saying before, like, do you have to flip that switch? You know, some days, like, thankfully for me and the way that I have my stream set up, my Tuesdays and Thursdays are just my variety day. So unless I specifically say ahead of time, like, hey, on Tuesday, we're going to be playing Hades, then, you know, maybe we'll play Hades, maybe we won't play Hades. But I will set up like, okay, Tuesday, you know that when you come in, I'm going to do just chatting. And I'm going to be just chatting for at least an hour minimum. Usually on Tuesdays, I just chat for like two or three hours. And maybe my last hour will be gameplay or art. Or I do a combination of art while chatting at the same time. But it also goes into feeling out your audience and knowing what they want um, without them necessarily telling you because you can't rely on chat and be like, chat, what do you want? What game do you want to play today? Because one, nobody's going to be answering your poll. And two, if they do, (laughs) maybe you might get disappointed with what they pick or, you know, something like that. So you want to be able to have that schedule and, but also give yourself the flexibility that if, you know, an emergency comes up, like if you have a death in the family, if you have, you know, an issue, you you have some car issue, you have a flat tire that you have to go get taken care of, that you're not necessarily beating yourself up for having to cancel a stream. Um, you have to have that kind of flexibility and also have communication with your community, right? Letting them know, hey, this is kind of a one-time, one-off thing. I have something I'm dealing with and I won't be live today, but I'll be live tomorrow. Whatever it is, letting them know about the next thing. Yeah. And like burnout is definitely a real thing too. Like I've seen so Absolutely. many streamers where they're like known for, like for gaming, for example, they mm-hmm. play one game and they're known for that one game, but they get to the point where it's like, oh, I'm so tired of doing this, but I know, I know my stream, you know, my viewers want this. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll do that even though, I don't really feel like playing this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to figure out ways to pivot and things that will make it fun for you. Um, One of my really great friends here in Austin, um, Lobos Jr., he, like, his main thing is Souls-like games. That's that's his thing. And, you know, Elden Ring dropped and (laughs) there was all of this. I don't even know what number run he's on right now. But he does different novel things each time to make it different for himself. So whether that's, you know, I don't know, blindfolding yourself for a (laughs) fight or I think last time he did like a summon only run. So it was only summons. He did like, I don't know, a naked run where he didn't have any armor on. It's figuring out what's that way to gamify the game more so or what's a adjacent pivot you know if you are um if you're a animal crossing streamer and all you stream is animal crossing all you stream is animal crossing and you start getting tired and burnt out of it and you want to play a different game well don't do assassin's creed don't do something <laughs> like completely opposite side of the spectrum you want to do something that's going to be in line with what your community would come to expect so you know maybe stardew valley maybe you know another kind of comfy cozy game maybe sims something that's in that same realm that is uh translatable yeah yeah that's good so the reason why this podcast is called haunted behind design is because 
it could be kind of scary if we're getting into a career path that focuses on like entertainment, like gaming, like anything to do with like tech related stuff. Mm-hmm. So the best question or the biggest one that I want to hear your answer is, what is something that scares you the most for what you do? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's a that's a it's a heavy question. I mean, I think I talked about it a little earlier, um, touching on the the hate that streamers get and the amount of vitriol that comes through the platform. I mean, thankfully, Twitch has updated a lot of their um, tools that they have for safety, which has really, really cut down on the amount of scum that I've seen come through. And even the before it used to be I need to have multiple, multiple mods on my streams. And now it's like, if I don't have a mod there right away, it's okay. Like I can, I can deal with some things on my own. I would say, you know, as a woman on the internet, there's a lot of things that scare me about uh, the lengths that people will go to to try and make me uncomfortable or make me feel like I'm not safe. And so I think safety is a huge, huge uh, priority, number one. And then outside of that, just with the craft of things, I would say the biggest thing that scares me is just like financially where things sit. You know, there's mm-hmm. only so much that you can do to elicit support from your community. You don't ever want to feel like you're constantly begging for money. You don't want to ever feel like, you know, woe is me. Because if you make people not feel good, then they're not going to want to come back. <laughs> so I would say that, you know, behind safety, it would just be the unpredictability of streaming. You never know um, what each day is going to hold. But conversely, that's also the best thing about streaming. You never know when the day is going to be your big break, when you're going to be rated by 10,000 viewers that are actually really excited to be there for you. You never know when somebody's going to come in. And like last week when I was celebrating my one-year return to streaming, I had one viewer that came in and just kept tipping me $100, $100, $100, $200. And I was just blown away by the fact that I had half my rent paid in one stream. But it's not going to be like that every day. You never know what it's going to be. Um, so there is some unpredictability to streaming that I think is uh, is a big, a bit scary and a bit unknown for a lot of people. Right. Yeah, the biggest thing for that type of work, like, and, and even like freelance stuff is like, all right, like, Where's the next gig going to come from? (laughs) Or like, Mm -hmm. when's the next paycheck going to come from? But if you just keep at it and, you know, you're consistent. And as as I see from your Twitch stuff, like you're very consistent, very energetic all the time, just with like a good attitude and just delivering, you know, your viewers like the content that, you know, they're kind of expecting and Mm -hmm. just always having a positive outlook on things. So I really appreciate that about you. Oh, thanks. So I guess in closing, I guess, Christy, where is the best place for people to follow you? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Twitch, and on Instagram, all at the same handle. It's going to be Christy Schuyler. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E-S-K-Y-L-A-R. 
and that's on any platform. So go follow me on all of them and uh, tell tell me that you came from the podcast when you stop in. I'd, I'd love to see you in there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christy, for taking the time and having this quick, I guess, somewhat quick chat with me. Yeah, um, absolutely. Definitely did not go over time, which is great. Um, <laughs> it's always been a challenge when I'm always doing these episodes. It's like, oh, try to do it under an hour, and then we just keep talking past an hour. But those are sometimes always the best because sometimes, you know, you just don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the thing about streamers is they're a little unpredictable, right? <laughs> just right. like the industry, streamers are unpredictable, too. Um, and, you know, you got a lot of good stuff out of me with my ADHD. I could have been, you know, somewhere off in another dimension with an answer. So I'm glad we <laughs> kept it contained. <laughs> Definitely. All right, Christy. Have a good one. Have a good Monday. And, yeah, keep doing good stuff on your streams. I'm looking forward to your next ASMR stream and then hopefully get some more. All right. Did you finish Hades? Or did you just beat it? I did just, well, I, I haven't finished the actual game, but I did just finally kill Hades, like, both times, and I made it to Greece, which is, like, you know, a huge step. So nice. I haven't finished all the lore, but I did finally kill Big Papa Hades, which was a big deal for me. My second <laughs> roguelite, I was very proud of myself. <laughs> it's such a good game. I was like, oh, she's playing Hades. That's, I love the sound design, the music, and that. Yeah, and the voicing, the voice acting is so good. Like, all of it, the music is phenomenal. Like you said, the sound design is really, really great. It's just, it's one of those games that watching somebody play it really doesn't get old because there's so much different, like, RNG that goes into it that each run is going to be different, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, I don't want to keep you because I know you're, well... I know Monday is your chill day, but I know you got some other stuff you probably want to do. So I'll definitely leave you. And um, yeah, thank you for chatting and taking the time. I really appreciate talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Christian. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too.